A warning to our listeners. This episode contains descriptions of child abuse and the sexual assault of minors. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Many people have disturbing memories from childhood. Listening to parents fight, getting bullied at school, being abandoned at the mall. But Stuart Swerdlow has an even more traumatic memory, being abducted by aliens over and over. Night after night, these kidnappings were like awful, vivid nightmares. He'd wake up in a glowing plane, strapped to a table, naked, paralyzed, and unable to speak. Small gray beings in dark bodysuits surrounded him. They performed sickening experiments. Sometimes, Swordlow saw a species other than these strange gray creatures. Blonde hair, military uniforms. Eventually, Swordlow realized these weren't just alien abductions. The gray aliens worked alongside humans. Humans from the Montauk Project. Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, a podcast original. Every Monday and Wednesday, we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Molly Brandenburg. And neither of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Conspiracy Theories for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Conspiracy Theories in the search bar. This is our second episode on the Montauk Project, a secret U.S. government operation that supposedly used a radar system to study mind control and time travel. Last time, we heard from one of the Montauk boys, Stuart Swerdlow. He claimed Montauk scientists conducted brutal experiments on his body and mind. We also investigated the claims of Preston Nichols, who allegedly worked as one of the project's lead engineers. Nichols' five books spawned a number of conspiracy theories about the Montauk Project. This episode will cover three of the most popular. The Montauk researchers worked alongside aliens to travel to Mars. Or maybe the Montauk Project was a direct continuation of MKUltra, the top-secret CIA mind control program. Or perhaps the Montauk boys weren't just test subjects, but a government-created army of brainwashed sleeper agents. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Bottling everything up can be really bad for you in the long run and have some terrible consequences. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. The more you let things build up, the more of a toll it can take on your mental health. I know for me, in dealing with some traumatic events in my life, I had the tendency to think, well, they've already happened. I'm okay. Other people have it worse. It doesn't matter much. And through therapy, was really able to understand how those events impacted me and changed how I'd started to see the world in ways that weren't great. 
and were sometimes making my life worse. So therapy or dealing with any traumatic events you've had might really help you in terms of how you can live in the present moment now. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also really easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com conspiracy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash conspiracy. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. According to author Preston Nichols, from 1971 to 1983, top-secret experiments took place in the depths of the Montauk Air Force Station. Nichols allegedly helped operate the project's most legendary feature, the Montauk Chair. Psychic Duncan Cameron would supposedly sit in the seat, directing electromagnetic energy with his mind. Nichols claimed this system allowed the researchers to rip a hole through space-time. They could travel anywhere in the galaxy. This brings us to conspiracy theory number one. Scientists at the Montauk Project used alien technology for a secret expedition to Mars. Though Nichols claimed to be the program's assistant project director, he had no idea how scientists developed their teleporter, but he offered a clue. In his first book, he claims that the project's engineers shared their findings at the Sigma conferences in Olympia, Washington. This was where physicists met to discuss their latest research on time manipulation. We should mention that we weren't able to find any record of these conferences, but it's possible their existence was never documented. Nichols said that at the meeting, Montauk engineers learned about the Orion Delta T antenna. It was rumored that its design originally came from aliens from the Orion constellation. After the conference, the Montauk scientists supposedly set about building their own massive antenna underground. With the right frequencies, it could allegedly create distortions in time and space. This meant the researchers had unlocked the ultimate power, the ability to traverse millions of miles in a single instant. According to Nichols, one of the first things scientists did was travel to Mars. They believed an ancient civilization had built Egyptian-style pyramids containing an old technology 
on the red planet. Allegedly, Mars's pyramids were sealed shut, and if the scientists wanted to get inside, their best bet was to warp directly into them and travel underground. So the researchers created a portal into an ancient catacomb beneath Mars's surface. From here, they could supposedly access the ancient tombs. In his first book, Nichols doesn't go into the details of what the team discovered there, but in his second book, Montauk Revisited, he does share a strange story that had to do with the Mars expeditions. He claimed that a researcher from the Montauk Project, who he refers to with the pseudonym of Stan, was sent on a mission to retrieve the blood of Christ and then to assassinate Jesus. Yes, you heard me right. Allegedly, Stan time-traveled to just before the day of the crucifixion. He approached Jesus, who freely gave a vial of his blood, but told Stan he would not be able to kill him. After bringing the blood back to Montauk, Stan was sent to Mars. There, he saw a Christ-like figure, dressed in robes, on a nearby ridge. And this person looked exactly like Duncan Cameron. Nichols admits that this could sound controversial to any religious folks reading his account. Or anyone else, for that matter. There are obviously some issues we need to pick apart here. I assume you're having trouble believing they teleported to Mars, and I don't blame you. Even if they did reach Mars, how could someone walk along its surface without a spacesuit? We know the planet's atmosphere is made up of 95% carbon dioxide and has dangerously low air pressure. Without protective equipment, your blood would start to boil and you'd either suffocate or die from organ rupture within minutes. There's another big problem with this claim. There aren't any pyramids on Mars. At least that's NASA's official stance, but photos show otherwise. In the mid-1970s, NASA sent a Viking orbiter probe to Mars. Its mission? To photograph the surface of the planet and perhaps to record any signs of life. In 1976, it hurled around Cydonia, a relatively flat region in Mars's northern hemisphere. There, the probe snapped an image that sent shockwaves around the world. When NASA scientists stared at the photograph, a sphinx-like face stared back. NASA's press team dismissed the face as shadows giving the illusion of eyes, nose, and mouth. However, many ordinary people weren't convinced by that explanation. As conspiracists combed through the Viking orbiter's images, they claimed they discovered a number of pyramids near the face just like the ones in Egypt. People began to speculate that the face was man or alien made. This revelation inspired Richard Hoagland, a science writer, conspiracist, and Star Trek fan, to delve into the mystery. Hoagland looked at the largest pyramid's geography. According to him, its axes pointed toward even more monuments, perhaps a ruined city and a dome that resembled early Bronze Age tombs. Something suspicious was going on. 
Years passed before NASA offered any explanation for the ancient structures. On April 8, 2001, the Mars Global Surveyor, which could take 3D scans, descended over Cydonia. It took a photo using the camera's maximum resolution. This was far more detailed than the original images showing the Sphinx. The new picture told a different story. The eyes, nose, and mouth disappeared. Instead, the so-called face was simply a rocky hill. Hoagland and other believers had to assume the face had either eroded or NASA had tampered with the new photos. More likely, this was a clear case of pareidolia, the same phenomena that makes people see shapes in clouds. As for the alleged pyramids, careful examination showed that the sides were neither smooth nor equal. And the other formations, like the so-called city, were a disappointing string of entirely natural hills. But this new evidence didn't stop UFO fanatics from believing in the face on Mars. It's still a favorite theme among conspiracy theorists like Preston Nichols. And Nichols' claims about alien activity didn't stop at the Martian pyramids. According to him, gray aliens abducted about 50 kids and delivered them to Montauk. Stephen Swerdlow, an alleged Montauk boy, mentioned the same beings in his book, Montauk, The Alien Connection. When a child test subject died, the researchers handed his corpse to the greys to be used as food. Allegedly, these aliens gained their energy from hormones stored in the human body, but they didn't do this by consuming human flesh. Instead, the greys filled giant vats with organs and body fluids. Then they soaked inside, like a jacuzzi. Well, that's pretty gross, but if you choose to believe this story, it points to a collaboration between the Montauk scientists and aliens, a sort of quid pro quo. You give us technology, and we'll give you bodies. Nichols, like Swerdlow, also suggested the scientists got their original design for the Montauk chair from aliens. At its core, Nichols' entire Martian pyramid story is based on unsubstantiated claims and a faulty, blurry photo from the 70s. That's why, on a scale of 1 to 10, with a 1 meaning least likely and a 10 meaning most, I give conspiracy theory number 1 a 1 out of 10. The Martian pyramids were debunked, but that doesn't mean aliens weren't involved in the Montauk project. The rumors they used extraterrestrial technology are hard to disprove. Therefore, I'll rate this theory a 2 out of 10. Alien or not, Montauk was supposedly home to unethical experiments that preyed on innocent victims. It might sound outlandish, but abusive government studies have happened before. Specifically in a sadistic CIA program that your history books never told you about. Coming up, we discuss MKUltra. Before we get back to the show, I want to introduce a new Spotify original from Parcast called Incredible Feats. 
It's a short daily podcast hosted by comedian Dan Cummins. Every weekday, Dan explores an account of physical strength, mental focus, or bizarre behavior that's sure to leave at least some of you in pure disbelief. But there's no question these unbelievable stories are all true. Like the 350-mile nonstop run of Dean Carnassus back in 2005, and Jose Salvador Alvarenga's extraordinary tale of survival at sea. And let's not forget Annie Edson Taylor, the first person to go over the Niagara Falls in a barrel. Incredible Feats covers people and events that pushed boundaries, broke records, and revealed new sources of awe. It's offbeat entertainment that will send your mind reeling, so don't miss out. Follow Incredible Feats free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Now, back to the story. According to Preston Nichols, the Montauk Project visited Mars using alien technology. We found that pretty unlikely, to say the least. So now we'll discuss a theory that's a little less NASA and a lot more CIA. In addition to his Mars stories, Nichols claimed that in 1973, military scientists ordered new equipment for the Montauk Air Force Station. He said they were gearing up for future experiments. That same year, 350 miles away, CIA Director Richard Helms was frantically trying to cover up one of the most diabolical operations in U.S. history. Helms ordered the agency to destroy any documents about a top-secret program called Project MKUltra. It had conducted disturbing tests on unsuspecting citizens. A few years later, the Senate began investigating the CIA's wrongdoings, but even though the agency was under scrutiny, it might have continued its research in secret. After all, that's kind of their thing. That brings us to conspiracy theory number two. The experiments at Montauk were a hidden continuation of MKUltra. Before we establish the possible link between Montauk and the declassified program, let's get a refresher on MKUltra. As shocking as it is, it's not a conspiracy theory. The program has been confirmed. In 1953, Alan Dulles, the newly appointed director of the CIA, sanctioned the MKUltra project. He wanted to combat the supposed brain warfare that Korea, China, and the Soviet Union used against American prisoners of war. Namely, these soldiers were returning from the Korean War espousing communist ideology, leading Dulles to conclude they'd been brainwashed. So he developed his own American mind control initiative. Project MKUltra was an umbrella program that housed dozens of different operations. 
from 1953 to the mid-1960s, the CIA employed electroshock therapy, drugs, hypnosis, and even radiation to break down defenses and manipulate minds. But that wasn't even the most insidious aspect. Many subjects were either coerced into volunteering or had absolutely no idea they were part of an experiment. The History Channel reported that from inmates at a state hospital to American soldiers, quote, MKUltra's programs often preyed on the most vulnerable members of society. From the few cases we know of, the effects of these experiments were awful. Some victims suffered irreversible mental impairment. Some died of suicide. And because the records were destroyed, most subjects will never know for sure that they participated in the program. According to Stephen Swerdlow and Preston Nichols, the Montauk Project also preyed on unwilling and unwitting victims. Swerdlow claimed to belong to an elite group that recruited new kids for the experiments. These children were often from families that didn't have the resources to find them. Swerdlow said Montauk went after the children of sex workers, drug addicts, and alcoholics. Sometimes they picked up teens who'd been living on the streets. Many of these children allegedly died at Montauk, some from the actual experiments, others from starvation and abuse. Swerdlow never knew for sure how many kids went to their deaths. Like MKUltra, records of Montauk's experiments never saw the light of day. I definitely see the similarity in MKUltra and Montauk's recruitment methods, but one difference stands out to me. There's no hard evidence that MKUltra ever abused kids. But just because there's no official evidence doesn't mean there's no evidence. In Trance, Formation of America, author Kathy O'Brien alleged that she was forced into MKUltra when she was a child. This wasn't your run-of-the-mill experiment. According to O'Brien, she joined a special operation, Project Monarch. O'Brien said their goal was to turn subjects into sex slaves who could gratify prominent politicians. Ron Patton, editor of an MKUltra magazine, added that the name for Project Monarch comes from the metamorphosis that a monarch butterfly undergoes. This was the goal of the project, to turn passive children into active sexual assets and slaves for people in power. Again, no official documents mention Project Monarch, much less its associations with the Montauk Project. However, an intriguing detail in Swerdlow's book suggests there was some sort of connection. In early childhood, Swerdlow experienced a dreamlike abduction. He found himself standing in the center of a circle. Strange beings surrounded him, including one that looked like a giant butterfly. The butterfly told Swerdlow they were an ancient species from a distant planet. They'd adopted him as a spiritual student. It seems like too much of a coincidence to just disregard. Swerdlow professed to be a student of the monarch butterflies, just like O'Brien said she trained as a monarch operative. Additionally, Swerdlow's story featured ruthless tales of repeated sex abuse. 
He said Montauk researchers strapped devices to his genitals and that aliens harvested his sperm. It definitely mirrors the sinister abuse that O'Brien described in her own training. So perhaps Swerdlow wasn't only a Montauk boy, but also a monarch boy. And if so, this would suggest a direct link from MKUltra to the Montauk Project. However, there's a problem with O'Brien's claims. Supposedly, she retrieved her memories of Project Monarch via hypnosis performed by her husband. While hypnosis can unearth vivid, imaginative events, there's limited evidence that it uncovers the truth. That's because in a hypnotic state, subjects can't think critically about what they're experiencing. Elizabeth Loftus, one of the world's leading experts on memory, noted, it is virtually impossible to tell the difference between a real memory and one that is a product of imagination. In light of that, there's really no proof that O'Brien's story was real. MKUltra preyed on vulnerable populations, sure, but we can't confirm MKUltra abused children or that it's connected to the Montauk Project. However, there is another major similarity that's worth mentioning. The MKUltra records show that the CIA sought to develop the perfect truth serum. One of the chemicals they tried was sodium pentothal. This barbiturate has mainly been used for anesthesia and lethal injection. However, it also decreases higher cortical brain functioning, so it tends to make subjects more talkative, less inhibited, and less able to lie. And Swerdlow said that, as an adult, he had an allergic reaction to sodium pentothal during a visit to a hospital. But the doctors told him that people only had severe responses if they used it extensively at some point in their lives. If that's true, then researchers at Montauk might have injected Swerdlow with a dangerous amount of sodium pentothal, just like we know researchers did in MKUltra. And the drug experimentation didn't stop there. MKUltra scientists also tested with heroin, mescaline, psilocybin, cannabis, and LSD. In the History Channel documentary, The Dark Files, witnesses claim researchers forced LSD on the children inside the base's so-called acid houses. James Bruce, a pseudonym, backed up these claims, and Bruce alleged that the Montauk Project employed Timothy Leary to help with the research. Now, Leary was a renowned Harvard psychologist, famous for his studies on psychedelics in the 60s. He wanted LSD to empower people to think for themselves. However, the idea that Leary worked with Montauk is demonstrably false. There's no evidence that Leary ever visited the station. And the Montauk Project went against everything Leary stood for. So it makes no sense that he would be there. So maybe Leary wasn't involved. And Bruce was either lying or misremembering. Therefore, we can't definitively say that LSD was used at Montauk. In truth, a lot of the comparisons to MKUltra can't be verified. Despite the similarities and the overlapping timeline, there's no direct link between the two operations. For this reason, I'll give our conspiracy theory number two 
a 2 out of 10. Well, that's sad. It's hard to explain why Swerdlow hallucinated a butterfly. And that could point to some tie-in with Project Monarch. But I'll still agree and give this a 2 out of 10. Even if the Montauk Project wasn't a continuation of MKUltra, there are plenty of people who claim to have been part of it. Too many to ignore. But they all tell slightly different stories about their time there. Some mention aliens, some time travel, others sadistic experiments. But maybe these tales are just smoke and mirrors distracting us from the real truth. A tragic tale of exploitation, sexual predation, and a hoax that traumatized hundreds of victims. Coming up, the true purpose of the Montauk Project. Are you looking for a view of the world that's a bit different? Hi, I'm Jason Palmer, a host of The Weekend Intelligence, a podcast from The Economist. Join us to hear the stories that matter most to our correspondents and editors. Every Saturday, we introduce you to people and ideas that take you outside the ordinary and expand your horizons one episode at a time. Join us and see the world from a new perspective. To listen free until May 31st, search Spotify for The Weekend Intelligence. Now back to the story. Allegations that the Montauk Project was part of MKUltra seem dubious at best. And so do Preston Nichols' claims that the Montauk team worked alongside aliens. But the question remains, why have dozens of people professed to have been part of these experiments? That query is the basis for conspiracy theory number three. The Montauk Boys were a government-created army of brainwashed sleeper agents. They committed terrorist attacks all over the world. This theory, again, comes from Preston Nichols. In Montauk Revisited, he asserted that the Montauk researchers broke down children's minds and programmed them for military purposes. Other conspiracists have backed up this claim. They've insinuated that this group of saboteurs were responsible for the Paris subway attacks, the explosion of the 1996 Olympics, and even the Oklahoma City bombing. Supposedly, these events furthered the goals of the New World Order, but just what those goals are, nobody knows. There's no evidence that a so-called New World Order even exists. And there's no direct tie that links these attacks to the Montauk Project. However, the claim isn't as unbelievable as you'd expect. This wasn't the first time the government tried to create brainwashed soldiers. It was just the first time they succeeded that we know of. Declassified CIA documents from 1951 reveal Project Artichoke, previously named Project Bluebird. The scope of the program was outlined in a memo. Can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will? The project seemed mainly aimed at improving interrogation techniques, but allegedly the CIA also tried to make individuals involuntarily perform assassinations and then perhaps eliminate the evidence themselves. They experimented with hypnosis, sleep deprivation, and drugs. Many of Artichoke's experiments were done overseas. 
However, some were also said to have been conducted at home in veterans' hospitals and federal prisons. Artichoke and MKUltra, which the project would turn into, focused on gaining control of people's minds and bodies. This lined up with Swerdlow's alleged experiences at the Montauk base. He claims that when he tried to refuse the experiments, Montauk scientists coerced him. He simply had to follow instructions, willing or not. This does line up with the New World Order theory. The New World Order supposedly carried out clandestine operations to save mankind from itself. If Montauk was part of this, then Swerdlow wasn't just a U.S. test subject. He worked to protect the world. However, Project Artichoke seems to have determined that a puppeteered assassin could probably not be created. That's because, according to declassified documents, hypnotism provided no, or at the very most, very limited physical control or custody of the subject. So if Montauk was a continuation of Artichoke, or built on their legacy, they didn't have anything successful to go off of. There are other problems with the New World Order theory. Al Balick, the man who claimed to have been part of the Philadelphia experiment, once alleged that over 10 million Americans were processed in the Montauk Boys program. In a later documentary, Montauk Chronicles, he estimated it was more in the range of 10,000 to 100,000. In the same documentary, Swerdlow estimated that 300,000 children were used and less than 1% of them survived. These are big discrepancies. It also seems unlikely that no one would have noticed so many children going missing. In truth, many of these witness stories don't line up. Some victims allege torture, others attested forced drug use, and even others rape. However, there is one consistent thread. They only remembered the project later in life. Montauk experiencers claim the scientists must have deleted their memories. Uh, this makes sense, otherwise the sleeper agents would have known that they'd been programmed. But that begs the question, is it even possible to erase memories? Officially, scientists haven't explored tested memory erasure on humans due to ethical concerns, but they have tried it on animals. If a male fruit fly courts a female who's already mated, the female exerts a stress on the male. He's so disturbed, he never tries to mate again. That's a pretty harsh rejection. In one experiment, scientists kept these traumatized males in the dark, the literal dark. After two days, the male flies emerged and tried to mate again. This lack of light seemed to erase their earlier traumatic memories, or at least the emotions associated with them. Of course, it's hard to know this for sure. You can't do an exit interview with a fly. However, scientists have looked for ways to reduce symptoms of phobia in people. In one trial, they showed a group of arachnophobes a tarantula in a glass jar. At the same time, they gave them propanolol, a beta blocker. Later, they brought the subjects back to the lab to confront the spider again. 
Those who'd used the drug gradually seemed to lose their phobia. But as impressive as this is, it's not like the subjects lost the memory of the spider. And unless the government has some kind of secret knowledge, it's unlikely they were able to completely delete what happened at Montauk from their subjects' memories. Interestingly, though, it has been proven you can implant false memories. Elizabeth Loftus, a renowned memory expert, demonstrated that it's possible to create false recollections through suggestion. These memories become strong and vivid even if they don't contain a shred of truth. Loftus's studies showed that about 20% of subjects could be manipulated to believe that they'd experienced things that had never occurred. This included traumatic events like being abandoned at a mall and possible ones like meeting a Warner Brothers character at Disneyland. In 1998, an upstanding father in Olympia, Washington, Paul Ingram, became convinced of something horrific, that he had once forced his son and daughter to have sex while he watched, and that this was all part of a satanic ritual abuse conspiracy. Though this event was completely made up, Ingram recalled false memories about it during periods of hypnosis. Eventually, he pled guilty and was placed in prison, although he was later found to be innocent. Think about that. With enough repetition, you too might remember doing something you never actually did. The Montauk boys who came forward all swore they remembered being at the base. Perhaps these memories were false, something they imagined after speaking to Preston Nichols. But even if that's the case, why would Nichols implant these thoughts? This is where the real conspiracy behind the Montauk Project takes shape. According to Nichols, he unearthed repressed memories from other Montauk witnesses using Reichian therapy techniques. Wilhelm Reich was an Austrian psychoanalyst in the early 20th century. He had numerous controversial theories. One was the existence of a mysterious orgone energy, a cosmic force that permeated the universe. The word orgone is closely linked to the word orgasm. Reich believed that repressed memories were stored in the body. He claimed that through massage, a therapist could unlock them and a wave of climactic pleasure would radiate through the patient. Nichols allegedly took this risque technique a step further, adding a sci-fi spin. According to a conspiracist named Chris Ketchum, the best description of the process came from a victim we'll call Noah Smith. At age 19, Smith suspected he was a Montauk boy and called Nichols to ask for help. But Nichols said he couldn't deprogram over the phone. Smith ultimately left his home state of Arizona to stay in Long Island for three years. He lived in a house with a few other men, all of whom hoped Nichols would give them answers. Every so often, Nichols came over and ordered Smith to undress. Then he'd massage parts of Smith's body, allegedly scanning for frequencies. 
Then Nichols would manually stimulate him. This was supposed to somehow reverse the so-called sexual magic of the Montauk chair. While conducting these scans, Nichols fed Smith and the other men far-fetched tales of aliens, body snatching, parallel dimensions. He told them to seek answers inside their own minds. No matter what they remembered, Nichols reiterated, it was all true. Another resident's girlfriend said there were about 25 disciples like Smith. In Ketchum's report, she says, each guy would go into a bedroom with Nichols alone. They'd come out wild-eyed with all sorts of stories, and Nichols would come out covered in sweat. And every week, there was a new story, a new discovery. Considering that all it takes is a slight suggestion to implant a false memory, it's not hard to see how these men believe the impossible, especially with this seemingly consensual but definitely confusing layer of sexuality. However, we were unable to confirm Ketchum's accusations in other sources. If what Ketchum said was true, however, was this how Stephen Swerdlow and Duncan Cameron supposedly retrieved their Montauk memories? Swerdlow seemed embarrassed about his deprogramming experience, yet he still published a whole autobiography about his experiences. To understand why, we have to look at Swerdlow's book. In it, he claimed to receive special abilities as a sort of parting gift from his handlers at Montauk. Swerdlow claims he can now look into a person's body and see what's wrong with it, and you can access his services for a price. And in the early 1990s, Swerdlow was charged with bank fraud. In a documentary interview, however, Swerdlow professes innocence and claims he was threatened into pleading guilty. But maybe he's not lying, at least not intentionally. American Studies scholar and alien abduction researcher Bridget Brown believes Swerdlow has a mental health condition. He's exhibited delusional behaviors and dealt with suicide attempts, a stint in jail, and institutionalization. And this is probably the saddest part of the Montauk conspiracy. With the multiple mentions of sexual trauma throughout Swerdlow's book, it's hard to shake the feeling that something terrible did happen to him. Many scholars and psychologists have surmised that abduction stories could be disguised memories of sexual or physical abuse. When Swerdlow woke in his childhood bed in terror, he later understood it as aliens harvesting his DNA. Nichols handed Swerdlow an out a release. Montauk explained every bad thing that had ever happened to him. It provided a cosmic reason for his suffering and gave him something to feel proud about. Finally, he was special. On the same point, the New York Times science reporter Benedict Carey wrote, In this sense, abduction memories are like transcendent religious visions. Scary and yet somehow comforting and at some personal psychological level, true. Conspiracy theory number three alleged that Montauk created a secret army of programmed assassins. But more likely than not, any memories of the training were probably imagined. 
That's why this last theory gets a 1 out of 10 from me. I also give it a 1 out of 10. Though there are lots of Montauk experiencers out there, so something may have happened. Perhaps there's a secret program we just don't know about yet. The thing is, none of these theories really seem likely. And that makes sense. There's no evidence to prove anything fishy ever happened underneath the Montauk Air Force Base. However, there's lots to suggest that something suspicious was happening above ground, perhaps in the homes of Preston Nichols' devoted followers. It's impossible to know whether Nichols believed his own claims. However, we do know one lie that can be definitively disproved. The Philadelphia Experiment, which supposedly led to the Montauk Project, never happened. For this reason alone, Molly and I think that the Montauk Project, however intriguing, was a hoax. Devised by Nichols, perpetuated by his book publisher, and simply imagined by everyone else. In the end, the Montauk Project is a conspiracy theory with very little proof. But maybe that's what makes it so powerful. To believe it, you have to accept the wild stories simply as they are. You'd have to accept that Stuart Swerdlow wasn't dreaming about gray aliens, and you'd have to believe that the government is capable of almost completely erasing their tracks. Just whether or not that's possible, that's up to you to decide. Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back Monday with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Conspiracy Theories, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Conspiracy Theories on Spotify, just open the app and type Conspiracy Theories in the search bar. Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Ben Caro, with writing assistance by Ali Wicker, and stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy. Remember to follow incredible feats for mind-reeling stories of strength, focus, and achievement. Comedian and podcaster Dan Cummins hosts, bringing his signature humor to these extreme accounts. You might be glad you've never lived these stories, but you'll love hearing them. Follow Incredible Feats free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.